You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, Grab your mouse and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm, formerly webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host today is none other then Scott Vanak, Senior SEO at Stepforth Web Marketing. He's helping out today as John Carcutt is unavailable for this week's show. How you doing, bud? I am fantastic. Excellent. How can you not be, right? Well, I don't know. Looking out the window, it's supposed to be summer right now, but uh, you can't really tell, so I, I could be uh, better, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, working in the basement, too. you got to have that heater on most of the time, I guess. Yeah, anyway. I can't feel my fingers. Ah, well, that's good. but that's that's Canada for you, right? Yeah. Well, no, no, no typing necessary. So we're all good. No. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so uh, let's jump right into it. We got quite a bit to cover today. So first of all, if anyone hasn't heard, Doctor Google's in the house. Apparently, one percent of searches—I'm assuming that's mobile—could be everything though—are symptom related. So anyone looking for any kind of issues with—I don't know—my foot's hurting. Uh, Whatever, my tooth's hurting. What do I do? Anyway, as a result, Google uh, sees an opportunity here. So they're adding its own, their own symptom-related direct answers on mobile in the U.S. The info is being sourced from a team of doctors, uh, experts from Harvard Medical School and the Mayo Clinic. Now, <laughs> I'm just guessing here, but I'm th- imagining like, uh, what, what are some... Uh, uh, well, WebMD and won't be WebMD, happy. yeah. Yeah, I mean, comp- companies like that are just getting hurt right now. Because I mean, even though this is just rolling out, this has got to freak them out a bit. Because all of a sudden now, people will be doing searches for their 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 ailments, and they won't be going to WebMD. They won't be going to any of these other sites that are designed specifically to be found for these particular phrases. And, and I, granted, that this point, again, this may only be mobile. It's still, I'm sure, a significant portion of their searches. So uh, all of a sudden, they're going to get cut out by this. And I mean, just the same, it's not like you're getting a direct answer. Uh, it's just Google giving you uh, a more likely answer 
based on your issues. And even they, of course, have to warn everyone not to take it with uh, too much. I don't know. Uh, you've got to take it with a grain of salt. So you got to go to see a real doctor. In any case, interesting. Again, if, Google jumping in. If they do follow suit like WebMD has, um, it'll actually be really good for oncologists because I'm sure they just have a templated answer that says you have cancer. So it doesn't matter what you search for. <laughs> That's probably the end result, really. <laughs> yeah, one of our uh, our staff was was uh, having a hip pain and and decided that they must have um, hip cancer. <laughs> awesome. That's <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this particular person, I know, I can't uh, uh, can't convince otherwise. Anyway, found out <laughs> later on, of course, that that was not the case. Uh, but you know what? That's yeah. If you want to get freaked out. Do an ailment search on Google. Yeah, they <laughs> all, it, it never it never ends well. No, it never does because just about every uh, symptom seems to lead to that at some point or another. Anyway, now a little bit heady stuff here. Uh, you know, uh, in in last shows of you know almost snobbish about rank brain saying yeah 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 it's nothing to do you know it's 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 not a signal you know it's 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 a ranking factor in the sense that it's processing the query and providing the best page for it. Uh, well, you know, doing some more research, I have to say that although that does seem to be the case, Google, who's usually, you know, usually Google staff are quite particular about their wording, are calling it a signal, not just a ranking factor. Now, there is, again, no, no, no compelling proof around here. Um, that I've been able to find uh, of it being used as a signal of any case, by, by, any, by any case. But it says here, and this is a quote, Rank brain is one of hundreds of signals that go into an algorithm that determines what results appear on a Google search page and where they are ranked, Corrado said. Uh, this is Greg Corrado from Google. In the few months it has been deployed, rank brain has become the third most important signal contributing to the result of a search query, he said. So, again, word words here. Uh, word use is, is pretty important. And, you know, you remember old Matt Cutts talking, and Scott, like, my God, y y the words were so carefully used. <laughs> True politicians at Google. Yeah, yeah. So, to an SEO, signals are quite different than ranking factors. So, is this a slip, or is it purposeful word use? And if it is purposeful... How can Rank Brain, which is really just, as far as everyone can tell, and what's been written about, is more of an entity processor. It it, it connects the dots between between queries or, or between results that may not normally have been done. I think they, they all term as strings and things. Before Google used to do uh, more of a string search based on the keywords or the words being used. Now it's things. It's entity based. It can see relations between words and entities, queries and entities. So uh, it's it's more uh, of improving the results with an entity based clarification. So I don't know. It, it, I, the reason I wanted to bring this up today is, and, and I wish uh, John was on the call. Um, I'm definitely going to bring this up again with him next week when we do the next show, because I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about this, but it, it is very interesting that the word signal has come up and, and not just once. It's come up a couple times at least. Now, the overall algorithm we know as Hummingbird, this is a part of it uh, that has been very clearly noted. It's also, even though it's the third, 
just, where was it? I guess it's just in March. Um, it was noted by Andre, Google's Andre Lipitsev that there, the other two are content and links. So the first two, but which order, who knows? We can only guess. Uh, I would guess content, then links, then the rank brain. But how does rank brain work as a signal? Again, that is the question. And for all those SDLs listening, going, oh, there's no way it can be. I'm just saying that it is very interesting to keep using that word. It is quite peculiar. Do you have any thoughts, Scott? I know it's a, a totally out, out of this yeah, left, left field. I'm very skeptical that it could be playing a major role as a signal. Because if you think about it, when they introduced RankBrain in, what was that, October or something of last year, you know, the search results didn't really change a lot. And you would think if you're introducing this whole new signal that you would see more fluctuation, more disruption in the results, which we're not really seeing a lot of. And so to have it be one of the top three signals, I, I just don't buy it. Like I would expect to see more disruption. To be one of the 200, okay, I could buy that. But mm -hmm. how could it have such a high priority and have such a minimal impact on results? Like in a lot of cases, you couldn't even tell. Now, unless it's only having that impact on the like the never seen before type searches, which I think I saw a number something uh, about it accounts for 15% of queries. So right. if it's only applying to those, then I guess so because as an SEO, when you're monitoring and ranking and doing keyword research, you're not really optimizing for this never before seen stuff because it's never been seen before. You know, like it, <laughs> so maybe in those cases it does play a really significant role, and in the more mainstream high volume stuff it, it sort of takes a, a back seat i wonder yeah no valid points it, it is uh yeah it's quite peculiar and I, i'm already losing my thoughts here because I'm, I'm just thinking i'm 100 miles an hour trying to gr grasp all the potential things i mean really what it comes down to is it just seems to be a ranking factor not a sync signal yeah. again I, we're just gonna have to keep touch and, and see what's happening I think as we move into the future, though, it's going to play a much bigger role as they develop their technology and their AI becomes more realistic. Because if you think about it as a person, you can go take a look at the top 10 results and you could probably quite easily say, you know, this number five should really be number one. Uh, it just makes sense. And reorder things from a, a human perspective, whereas algorithms can't really do that. They can't really see specifically what should rank best. And so I think as the AI gets more refined, it's going to play a bigger and bigger role in you know, being human eyes, artificial human eyes on these results and trying to tweak them. Yeah, very interesting. And, and of course, uh, we, as we've noted before, rank brain is not done um, on the fly. It, it is not, uh, it, it, what they do is they, they make the changes offline and then once they, they've ensured that it's accurate, then they apply that to the next round of rank brain updates that are applied to search. So it, it's not artificial intelligence by the second here. It's, it's just done offline. Now, as an interesting side note, Danny Sullivan noted that Bing's searches, which are partly driven by RankNet, and RankNet, by the way, is Microsoft's, Microsoft's own machine learning system. They launched way back in 2005. He was doing searches based on uh, well, at least one of the examples that was given by Google as uh, evidence of RankBrain working, and the results were almost identical. I would never say that RankNet is as good as, as RankBrain, simply because I'd be surprised if Microsoft did anything as well. But that said, uh, that's pretty impressive. I would love to see more of a, a test showing just how well 
uh, Bing can respond to searches as Google can. I mean, in fact, it'd be kind of fun to and just do a little article on that. Anyone out there who has the time? <laughs> uh, pretty interesting. Anyway, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll, we'll jump through a whole load of news we got here. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. Hosted today by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. All right, so next up, Google has confirmed that ads are coming to the local pack. Uh, now, this is... Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so at this point right now, if you do a search on mobile, and, and this is only for mobile uh, as far as we can tell, they, you'll get two ads. Those are classic AdWords ads, uh, maybe even three ads. And then you'll get, let's say, uh, the, the maps. In this case, we're talking about map-based, you know, very local specific searches. The map will show up. And then below that, generally, it's the local pack. It's listings of businesses, no ads. Well, in the example shown just on June 21st, so just just yeah, well, yesterday as we record this, um, it is it showed that that first local listing in the local pack was an ad, uh, and, and that would mean wow, that would mean that the first that two to well first three to potentially four uh, listings shown um, after a, a mobile search would be ads. Dumbfounding, really. And the other thing that, that gets me is, uh, and this is actually a question that's come up with uh, one of my colleagues here, is I wonder how, I wonder if you can target people outside of your locality. And if you can, how much 
of an impact it'll have on your ability to target them if you aren't specifically addressed there. Will that work against you and will you have to pay more? Seems likely. I don't know, what are your thoughts on this, uh, Scott? Well, my first thought is it it, it just bugs me absolutely. It, it just drives me crazy because they have you know their top-heavy algorithm from a couple of years ago where Google says, hey, if you've got too many ads at the top of your site, hey, we're going to degrade you. We don't like that. And now it's just they're adding more and more and more ads to the top. You've got to scroll down to see any real results. So it's you know do as I say, not as I do um, <laughs> mentality, which drives me banana. And you can't do anything about it. You just have to live with it. But I don't know. It doesn't surprise me, though. Like, it seems like prime real estate for a paid ad. Like, why? Almost makes me wonder why they haven't done it sooner. Like, from their, from my perspective, I hate it. But from Google's perspective, uh, I bet the click-through rates are going to be a lot higher on those listings than they are in the, the standard organic, or sort of the standard paid ads. Especially it, since people are used to seeing organic results in there. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, obviously, it's got the... the, the the ad tag next to it, and at least in the example, and I'm sure it will in the, in the final result, whenever it is loaded. Again, they're just testing this. This has not been released, but they are confirming that it's coming. Anyway, um, I don't. I like. I like it from a pay-per-click perspective because you know we do a lot of pay-per-click marketing here at Stepforth uh, and management. So it's it's uh, it'll be good for business. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> but that it's, is true. <laughs> it is not going to be so good for, you know, all the organic rankings though, that we're working hard to get. And, and of course, that's a big piece of our puzzle as well. I guess, I guess it just further in, reinforces the fact that being in pay-per-click and being in organic, doesn't matter if you're both number one, is a good thing. Keep them both going, especially on mobile. Man, they, are they ever making that, like, your only choice? <laughs> uh, it's smart business. One question that kind of brings to my mind is if I'm a paid advertiser, will I be able to bid for the number one organic regular AdWords ad spot and the number one in the local pack? Can I get both of those on a paid ad? Yeah, Because I, that's getting kind of dirty if you can, but I can't see why you wouldn't be able to either. Oh, no. Google's fine with that. You're paying for it, right? I can't see a reason why it would be a problem. But, you know, if there's only one space available... It, my question is then what happens when there's 10, 20 others? Is it just a rotation? I guess it just comes down to uh, their old system and how often they're bidding. And uh, I kind of answer my own question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that happens sometimes. <laughs> Anywho, it's uh, pretty interesting. I'd love to hear from uh, listeners on our Google Plus community forum. I'd love to hear what you think about this. Do you think these ads coming to the local pack are a good idea? Are you excited about it? Uh, is it another thing to worry about? Uh, love to hear more. Okay, so the next piece here is uh, something that you, you added, Scott. So why don't you uh, roll with that? Oh, well, it's just nice. You know, whenever Google can give you feedback on what they think about how you're doing and, and keep you informed of potential problems, it's nice when they reach out to you like that. And, and they've had this in Search Console for a long time where if your site is hacked or you're having spider problems or whatever, any number of issues, they'll send you a message and say, hey, heads up, you've got this problem. And so they've just announced that they're going to extend this into the messaging system within Google Analytics as well. And you don't have to have a Search Console account and you don't have to have, if you have one, you don't have to have it obviously linked into your analytics. So it sounds like for the time being, this won't be so much SEO issues, but 
Rather, if your site is hacked or they believe your site to have been hacked, they'll add those messages within analytics and then point you to some resources to help you resolve those issues. So it's, you know, it's not groundbreaking. It's not something they haven't already done, but nice to see them incorporated into more areas. Absolutely. No, I, and it's happening so flipping often. Uh, I, I, it's just, it's scary. On a side note, I actually heard about uh, a business in Victoria that just got ransomware today. It is it's scary how often hacks are happening now and uh, just how common um, WordPress, of course, hacks are, are becoming. Now, I, that's not a knock against WordPress. I flip and love the system. It's my favorite system, and I recommend it wholeheartedly to anyone. But you definitely have to keep on top of updates. Disable any plugins that you're not using. Don't and I mean, actually remove. Don't just disable. Remove. Because if they're disabled and they're still sitting in your system, they're still a security threat. And that's something a lot of people don't realize. And I obviously ensure that any plugin is updated on a regular basis. Uh, there's just so many different ways that there, there can be a problem. So we use, actually for our clients, we use Securi, S-E-C-U-R-I. That's S-E-C-U-R-I um, as a plugin. Um, when it does, I think there, there's a free version, but uh, it's often worthwhile paying the, the modest fee to, to, to keep it monitoring your system, alert you to anyone trying to hack. Um, it's uh, it's pretty robust, and, and and it has saved a lot of our clients over the over the last while from these really malicious hackers. And it costs a fair bit to clean up a site that's being hacked. And you also may not realize just how often, or how I should say, how little your site is backed up uh, by your hosting provider, and what they're going to charge to get access to that if you don't already have your own backup. Well, one thing to point out with that is a lot of will only have backups for a certain amount of time. Like it might only be a three days worth of backups. So if yes. you get hacked and you don't notice it for four days, you're screwed. Yeah, exactly. you know, You're on holidays, you're in Mexico, you come home, uh-oh, and now it's too late. Your backups are already overwritten with the hacked copy of your site. Yeah. Now, we we I didn't plan on this, but we've, we've been doing um, some hack repairs for clients. So we've got a, a brilliant uh, programmer on staff, so he's able to do it, just as a side note of other things we've been doing. And there was a time, I don't know what was going on. It must have been a lot of sites that were up being upgraded where it was just, he was slammed. I mean, we had a few weeks of just constant hack repairs. It's kind of shocking. But anyway, he had to take sites that were hacked and there was no backup and clean them. And man, does that ever take time. I mean, you're easily talking $400, $500 worth of programming time just to go and clean this up. Uh, it's it's scary. It's not something that any business can really bank on or prepare for, uh, short of ensuring that you've done your, I guess, prevention. <laughs> In any case, let's move on to cheerier stuff here. And now I'm going to do it. The Mueller Files. And John, if you're listening, there you are. I told you we do that. I actually had communicated with John Miller <laughs> this week, and I told him about that uh, we did the Mueller files. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have to listen in now. <laughs> so so he's there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for uh, getting back to me. Although I did reply, and he didn't get back to me. And it's a very important uh, question. I, I know. I know. <laughs> he emailed me. He emailed me and told me not to uh, tell you that we're both. Oh, yeah. knew it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Love John Mueller. He's very responsive, and uh, we, we really appreciate that in the industry. Anyway, um, he has said that uh, a while ago, um, he kind of alluded that uh, structured markup, so in other words, schema markup on your site, JSON, all those sort of things, were not used, or were you being used for featured snippets in search results? Well, that was a while ago, and 
Barry Schwartz was like, that doesn't make any sense to his credit. And, 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 and he posted, you know, kind of a, what this doesn't make any sense. Well, recently someone asked John Mueller again and he says, and this is his quote, do you mean featured snippets? We don't use markup for that. <laughs> so hey, everyone can have those days and they get confused. Anyways, uh, he confirmed that someone else also confirmed that I believe it was Gary Isles that structured markup is not used for featured snippets in search results. So that's important for anyone to know. Doesn't make a huge difference. You still should be using semantic, uh, or sorry, um, schema markup. JSON is what I'm preferring now, but it, it has to be in play because it does help Google understand the content on your page and, and, and the various uh, aspects of it that might be, well, they don't have to assume anything. It's good. We don't want them to assume anything. Um, so what does create featured snippets? Well, the guess, uh, well, it's a good guess, I think, <laughs> is that semantic structure is likely the, the, the delivery point. So, so that's you know, making sure that your site is very semantically uh, correct, uh, makes perfect sense, uh, and that's what Google uses to create them. Uh, whether or not John Mueller was alluding to a potential update in the future where schema was going to be used, that's possible, but uh, really just... No one's sure at this point. One thought I have, though, too, is do they mean they're not using the structured data to populate the snippets or to even determine what they use? Like, for example, if you've got your data and everything's all all marked up nicely, that may still point them to the page to say, hey, let's use information from this page in the snippet. So it may indirectly still help. I mean, he doesn't really say that, but I have to wonder if, you know, it gives them a signal on where to start looking for that data to stick into the snippet, if that makes sense. True. No, that's a good point. Good point. All right. Well, that was the end of the Mueller files. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep it up. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to geek out a bit. Got some interesting news and some of the future, potential future of SEO and uh, then some questions. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, 
So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted today by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. So I wanted to geek out a bit here because, well, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I can't help it. I'm a geek. Anyway, Tango Phones. Google, uh, I guess it was back on June 9th, mentioned that the first type of phone called a Tango is out there. Well, at least what it is, it's, it's the, the first phone is called a Lenovo Fab 2, so PHAB2 Pro. And it's the first phone to incorporate Tango technology. Now, what is Tango technology? Well, essentially, it allows the hardware, the phone, to sense depth of objects and use that information to provide an augmented reality view of your surroundings. So, wow, I know lots of big words. What it comes down to is you can look through your phone at an environment. Let's say you're in a museum. This is one of the use examples they provide. And uh, in fact, they actually have it in the video. Let's say you look up at a T-Rex with your phone. Little plus signs will show up on, on different aspects of the T-Rex. You can press the plus thing on your phone and a video will show the T-Rex roaring or whatever and maybe some facts. Another one showed an example of a solar system just hanging on a ceiling, you know, maybe even uh, at, a, at a particular museum. Well, when you hold your phone up and show and look at that solar system, all of a sudden the sun is fiery and it's alive. It looks real. It's, it's, it's a form of virtual reality, but in this case, augmented reality because you're looking through a phone. You're not virtual. You not feel like you don't feel like you're there, but you're looking at it as though you're there. A bit different, I guess. I'm sure I put that correctly, but anyway, I guess the question now is is how does this work with search? What is this going to mean in the future? Uh, and I, I get quite excited about this because, frankly, it, to me, it seems like there's a ton of use cases here. Uh, you know, imagine using your phone while you're in the in the supermarket, or actually, supermarket might be a bit tough. I mean, you could looking at products to see if there's any competitive prices elsewhere, but. To me, like going into, if they even exist still, places like Best Buy, um, you know, those department stores are starting to go the way of the dodo because everyone buys online. But let's say you walk in and you look at a, um, I don't know, new set of headphones. You look at them with your phone and you could, it would recognize what it is by the information there. Google could easily do this, I would expect, with the, the latest technology. And then it could show you different prices nearby or places you could order it online or different specs reviews, reviews being key, a lot of opportunity there for Google to add new apps that they could create to um, bolster the information that you could find. Again, more opportunity for ads. Uh, Woohoo! <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a, a, another good way how it could incorporate into search, and it, it got me thinking. One example they used in one of the articles I read was, um, hey, will this couch fit in my living room? And I started thinking this actually could work more on a search level. So you, you're standing in your living room and you want to buy a couch. 
So you tell Google, hey, find me a couch that'll fit in my living room. They look at the data from your phone to see what your living room specs are. Then they go back and look at results. And here's where schema comes in again with dimensions and stuff being marked up. They find couches that have the right dimensions and then give you a, a list of products that will physically fit inside your room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's it's kind of where where does the mind go? There's so many options they can use with this. I mean, uh, Audi has been around a while. Uh, there was a point where uh, I think the example was in a, somewhere in, I think the example they used is in France or something. Looking down a a main street, you could hold your phone up and point it at various um, apartments, and it would show you what the rents were for anything that might be available. And that would be I was using geo information, so it was more GPS based. And and obviously some image recognition, but it wasn't so well done for 3D recognition of this depth sensing hardware. Uh, I believe that is a, a, a real game changer in whatever is being built into this phone. And uh, I'm totally intrigued to see how many other phones are coming down the line that has this, this system built in. Maybe they're holding off on it. Maybe there's issues with battery drain. Who knows? There's a lot to this that we don't know yet. But it, it, Awesome. <laughs> it, it, it's, say? it's really mind-boggling the technology they can pack into a, a phone these days. Totally. Like it just, it, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, and and uh, from other insights, and again, really geeking out here. One of the uh, probably the most intriguing and, and very hush-hush systems for virtual reality coming out. God knows when, because it's 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 so hush. But it's generated hundreds of million dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, including investment from Google uh, of investments that uh, it was just unprecedented uh, because it's it's development only. And that's Magic Leap. No one really knew what it was going to do. They showed videos of, of you know, robots all of a sudden appearing on your table uh, and it looked like it was there, literally. It was 3D. It was moving around, making funny faces, whatever. It was pretty awesome. Well, I, I got a little more insight on that because again i think all this stuff does have an impact on, on our future and, and again seo i know it's a, a bit of a <laughs> leap but it's later you know it's definitely gonna be later in any case from this interview tim with, with tim on tim ferris's uh, podcast uh kelly i forget his name now um anyway it discussed it and he said that he's actually seen this this stuff and he's he said that it's a, a, a they're glasses of sorts that you look through a clear glass and that's what makes this appear. But it appears there. I mean, you really think it's there. It's it's seamless. The one issue they're facing is they haven't been able to match the contrast of the area it's in. So it always looks kind of like an animated bunny. And one of the examples they used was like uh, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. All those creatures weren't influenced by the shading and light around them. So they always looked fake. Uh, they always looked animated. In this case, it's the same issue, and I guess that's something they're trying to conquer. Uh, so it really feels like it's there. Anyways, that was one thing. And then another one was the void. And this was just awesome. It's it's in Utah right now. It's already available, and it's definitely the next step uh, in terms of absolute immersion. And I'll quote it here. It says, from textures and temperatures to moisture and motion, our environments respond to your movements and choices and evolve naturally as you interact with them. And again, this is already usable. You could go there, pay 30 bucks for 30 minutes and experience this. Haptic feedback so you can feel it on your body. When you like, if, if you were in a, 
uh, gunfight, whatever. Apparently, you can feel heat. You can touch things and, and experience. Uh, it's just nuts. A whole nother level. And uh, he, he gets into a whole, another, a whole bunch of other stuff, too, in the uh, interview uh, on Tim Ferriss' show. I highly recommend it. He, he even got into the and what happens with virtual sex. And it was a hilarious and very interesting <laughs> discussion because you know that's the big market. And they were the first ones to be all over this as soon as it came out, of course. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's get to some questions here. Uh, actually, I've only got one this week that uh, I wanted to be able to take on in this show. I think the other ones uh, I saw were more uh, in John's department, so I want to make sure that he was available for them. And this question is from Fred Sachs. It says, I'm writing high-quality content on my website and posting notices on my Google Plus page. If people republish my original content on their website and acknowledge my website, then this will give me a valuable backlink, Correct. I'm noticing that several people in my same line of work in other locations are following me. My intent in creating posts on my Google Plus page is not to get a following of colleagues. Can you comment on this? I've also noted that people are stealing my content and not giving me, nor my website, credit for the content. If people are going to republish my content on their website, what is the best way to encourage users to give me credit for the content and thereby give me a backlink at the same time? I recognize that having share buttons will help this process. I want to turn negative plagiarism into positive backlinks. Is this a good approach? And how should I do it? Whew. Lots of questions. Wow. <laughs> Just a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So great questions, though, Fred. Thank you. And I'm sure this has come up many times for many listeners. So first of all, if they publish your original content, republish it on their website and acknowledge your website, will it give you a valuable backlink? Uh, valuable is a bit of a stretch. It would be a backlink, and I, I'm, I'm sure it will have some benefit to you. Oftentimes they know follow them for some reason, but in any case they shouldn't really. Uh, the, the point is many people don't do this, uh, at least if they're in the know from an SEO perspective, because republishing your content gives them no benefit from an SEO perspective. Obviously it might from a user's perspective, their readers might find it very useful and, and certainly that's valid. Oftentimes, if I'm ever going to do anything along those, those lines, I will per, uh, perhaps publish a snippet of that and then say, hey, link, click here to read more on their website. That's really more appropriate in my opinion. And then, again, you get that link. That's, that's helpful. Again, not the most important kind of link. You know, more of a one-way link is best from someone uh, really giving you a vote of confidence. You're getting a lot of colleagues that are following you and that's not really your goal I and mean, you can't really do much around that and perhaps the content that you're marketing isn't being marketed correctly in social where your target market is uh, you could try attempting to market on on different places maybe different social platforms you know try linkedin try twitter try facebook and see which type of of, of followers you build i think the type um, of content would play a big role there too like who's he actually writing to Absolutely. You know, like, you know, like if you're giving tips on, it's hard to not knowing his industry, but you know, like if let's say he's a real estate agent and he's writing posts about how to sell a property, well, that might attract more real estate agents. Whereas if he's talking about how to stage a pro, I don't know, like I, I, I I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but you know, mm. tailoring the content to what the, his target market would actually want to read may be the answer there if he's not already doing that. Fair enough. Yeah. 
Well, I know you've got to run in a sec, so let's try and uh, just finish this off here. It says, uh, what is the best way to encourage people to give me credit to the content and thereby, thereby give me a backlink at the same time when they're plagiarizing? Well, <laughs> there's not many ways I know of. I would love it if anyone piped in on this. I don't, again, know of any ways that can be done. Really, if they're going to steal your information, there's not much you can do about it short of getting them to remove it. In many cases, you could say just contact them using Copyscape, keep track of the places that are using any of your content, and then send out a, a, a sort of a default letter to them saying, here, I, I'm happy you republish my content, but I do request either you add a link to my website or remove it entirely. So that's something of consideration. Finally, share buttons will help this process, he says. I want to turn negative plagiarism to positive backlinks. Is this a good approach? Share buttons um, really help a bit, I mean, in terms of being shared. And it certainly will help your your article. It'll help your article become the primary source of the information, the one that was originally the, the original publisher. Because there are instances where a really popular site might copy your content, very unlikely, but could. Um, and that uh, person would get indexed first and get credit for it, and you wouldn't. However, if you use share buttons, people are sharing the content, and then someone grabs it, the likelihood is that you're going to be cited as the original content creator and that's that's a good thing so i hope that helps fred uh, please post any follow-up questions you have and and uh, we'll, we'll do our best to answer them in the next show well on behalf of myself ross dunn ceo of step forth web marketing and my stand-in co-host scott van Ack, thanks for joining us today if you have any questions you'd like to share with us please feel free to post them on our google plus community page easily found by searching seo 101 on google you can also email me via ross at stepforth.com have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes which are at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every Thursday on cranberry.fm. Opinions expressed on this Cranberry radio program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry Media. Any redistribution of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 